Today is November the 15th. Today, we see the Jerusalem Council. Today, as we read through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read from Acts 15 through the first 11 verses of chapter 18. Now, in this passage, um, we start with the Jerusalem Council. We've just finished the book of Galatians. In Galatians, we're introduced to the problem in the early church of believers who followed Paul to tell the churches that he was planning that his gospel is false, that you must become a Jew in order to be a Christian. Chapter 15 uh, hones down on this issue. It says that there were many former Pharisees who had come to the faith, and they were all zealous for the law. They taught that you must continue to obey the law. So the question is put to the leaders in the early church. Do you have to become a Jew to be a Christian? Or is the gospel something totally and completely new? It's a wonderful passage. It tells us a lot how to appropriately address conflict like this. Everyone is given their chance to speak. Uh, they hear from uh, basically outside testimony. Peter sways the day. Peter clearly identified as the missionary who has been sent to the Jewish diaspora, says, you know, back in the day, uh, I was the first one to evangelize a Gentile family. Then James, the half-brother of Jesus, son of Mary uh, and Joseph, and the author of the book of James, stands and speaks and lays out a proposed solution that the church accepts. The bottom line is they said, no, you don't have to become a Jew to be a Christian. Nevertheless, there are several Jewish, particularly Jewish principles that we want everybody to follow. Everyone agreed with that. So uh, they moved forward from there. Now in chapter 16, we have the start of Paul's second missionary journey. He and Barnabas split up. Barnabas returns to the island of Cyprus. Uh, Paul returns to Asia Minor, but he extends the gospel. He moves beyond Asia Minor into Greece. Chapter 16, 17, and the start of 18 is the story of Paul extending the gospel into Macedonia and then Greece. In Philippi, uh, Thessalonica, and Berea, he continued to teach in the synagogues. Philippi didn't have a synagogue. They had a Jewish prayer group that met by the river. Paul went to them. He moved on to Athens, where he spoke to the Greeks and he was ignored. But when he got to Corinth, 
He began in the synagogue, uh, became frustrated with Jews in the synagogue who didn't want anyone to give up the law. And uh, he began to teach in a public forum, and many Gentiles came to the Lord. That is where we end our reading for today. Enjoy today as you read Acts 15 through the first 11 verses of chapter 18. Acts 15 through 18, verse 11. Acts 15. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began teaching the believers, Unless you are circumcised, as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, The Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and the elders met together to resolve the issue. At this meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with the yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believed we are all saved the same way, by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted, as it is written, Afterward I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, he who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues on every Sabbath for many generations. Then the apostles and the elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report this decision. The men chosen were two of the leaders, Judas, also called Barabbas, and Silas. This was the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, you brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. 
Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. Having come to complete agreement to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The messengers went at once to Antioch, where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly, since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated, Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilica, strengthening the churches there. Acts 16 Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer and his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey, in defense to the Jews of the area. He arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. And again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there, pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia, and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to a river bank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guest. 
If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home, and she urged us until we agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, Let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, The city officials have said, You and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, They have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There, they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left the town. Acts 17 Paul and Silas then traveled through the town of Amphibolus and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service, and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and raise from the dead. He said, This Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women, but some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. 
Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too, and Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. Now the people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports, so the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released them. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. But some of the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea. They went there and stirred up trouble. The believers acted at once, sending Paul onto the coast while Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those escorting Paul went with him all the way to Athens. Then they returned to Berea with instructions for Silas and Timothy to hurry and join him. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, What is this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, He seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows, Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way, for as I was walking along I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, To an unknown god, this god whom you worship without knowing, is the one I am telling you about. He is the God who has made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards Him and find Him, though He is not far from any one of us, for in Him we live and move and exist. As some of your own prophets have said, we are His offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol, designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, We want to hear more about this later. 
That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with him. Acts 18 to verse 11. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers, just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue, trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all his time preaching the word. He testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed and insulted him, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and said, Your blood is upon your own hands. I am innocent. From now on, I will go and preach to the Gentiles. Then he left and went to the home of Titius Justice, a Gentile who worshipped God and lived next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Many of the others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half, teaching the word of God. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at 1 Thessalonians and hear the message of holiness, hope, and love.